There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am excited for today's episode. We're going to be exploring the concept of designing a character a little bit further from a slightly different lens today. And what I always say in the design your character related episodes is it's not necessarily essential that you have the template. You can definitely do this without. It will be helpful to use the template along with this episode if you are using it and to kind of use the two hand in hand but again definitely not essential and I set up all the episodes so that you can kind of weave them together and create your own process if that resonates more with you than having a template set out because I certainly know as we'll talk about today I am that type of person as well. I do want to add this disclaimer I don't know that I've mentioned this explicitly before but I wanted to say it because it feels important to me, which is that all of my episodes and my podcast is about getting to know yourself, getting to know your unique way of being, getting in touch with your authenticity and learning to honor your authenticity. And I'm very aware of the fact that in the wellness, spirituality, self-development space, we can fall into this tendency of overcomplicating things and becoming too fixated on healing and improving ourselves and Really, this can be rooted in this feeling of inadequacy and feeling like we never really have enough to be well. And I never really want to encourage that way of approaching this work. So the disclaimer that I'm going to add here, because it's all about learning to trust yourself and your unique way of being, is as you listen to this episode, you can even close your eyes as we begin to get into what it's going to be about and just check in with your system and just see if you're feeling like you know, engaging with this type of self-discovery and what we'll be talking about today is resonating or if perhaps right now it feels a little bit overwhelming to think about your life in this way and to trust that. It doesn't mean that you can't come back to it. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but perhaps for where you're at right now, it's just feeling a little bit overwhelming. So I just wanted to add that in there. Check in with yourself. If this isn't really feeling like something that you want to delve into because I know we're talking a lot about different practices and processes and self-reflection and 
you know, this may be one of the many podcasts that you're listening to that also present different processes and so forth. So I want to be mindful of that tendency to overcomplicate and just encourage you to keep it simple or as simple as you want to and really stick with the practices that are resonating with you. You can listen to this episode either way because I think there will be some useful reflections, but it's not necessary to go down this path of self-discovery and reflection if this particular way of looking at things is not resonating. All right, so what I want to say is that this process is somewhat of an extension of design your character, and really what we're learning about here is learning how your character and your being moves and navigates the world and reality most efficiently. So learning about how you can fall into your most natural state of being, learning to work with your operating system, and learning about the best way for you to set yourself up for success and pleasure and enjoyment and satisfaction. Now, what I will say going into this is that this kind of contradicts at least the way that I, you know, learn to navigate the world, which is basically fall into or find ways to thrive within the structures that you are being presented with and you know don't be difficult about it don't ask too many questions about why it's set up in a certain way and just kind of go along with what's already in place what I've started to notice about myself as well as through having conversations with other people and what I talk about on social media a lot is that some of the systems and structures actually many of them really don't work for a lot of people it's sad to me to see specifically when it comes to you know the way that our careers are kind of set up in the way that we're taught to orient ourselves to careers in that they're meant to be a big part of our lives. We're meant to be very career driven and career oriented, especially in our 20s and 30s. And we're supposed to have really clear cut goals. We're supposed to work a certain amount. We're supposed to do all these things that for a lot of people, they're just really not resonating with. And in addition to that, many of our systems, our minds, bodies, you know, physical bodies, emotional bodies are telling us and alerting to us that something's wrong, something's not working. The way that we are living is not working. Now, I recognize that for many of us, it can be difficult to think outside of the systems that are in place because that's what we have available to us. And what I mean when I say that is specifically when it comes to career, How are we going to find ways to move through the professional world when it's not really set up to cater to the way that we are inherently? And I think what I see happen a lot for people is, myself included, when I was in a corporate job and working that lifestyle was I just started to get so disconnected from myself and ultimately that really impacted my mental health and it got to the point where I was really struggling with anxiety as many of you will know if you listen to this. So this episode isn't about and all of my episodes and what I put out there it's not about quitting your job, walking away from your work, you know, leaving the situation that you're in. It's about collectively trying to find better ways to cater to different ways of being to reflect on how we can advocate for that and how we can create space for that within ourselves. And then by extension, learning to 
create and build systems that are more favorable, again, to more ways of being. So to be able to extend the permission that we give to ourselves to exist as ourselves within the systems and to advocate and empower ourselves to feel worthy of existing as ourselves within the systems and then extending that to others to be able to build more inclusive systems and what I mean by that is more inclusive education systems more inclusive career and professional systems and to be able to do that in whichever ways we can because I think it's clear that there are some issues but really what I try to do with this platform is to be able to at least empower us as individuals to be able to take a little bit of action towards you know what we can do within our own control to begin to build better systems. But of course the first step is giving yourself that permission to be able to explore that and like I said it can be helpful to reflect upon any narratives about this pursuit of learning about your character learning about yourself and the way that you thrive as being selfish I know for me a lot of the time I felt that it's self-indulgent to be able to spend so much time learning about myself and learning about how I thrive but at the end of the day I think by being able to learn that about myself and that extend that to others, again, we're actually activating ourselves to do something about this friction and discomfort we feel with the way things are. I definitely won't lie and say that this is altogether an easy process. I know for me, beginning to learn these things and validate and give myself permission to you know, honor my natural way of being meant that it was a lot more difficult. And I've said this before for me to be employed because it almost felt like I was being difficult. I was asking too much. I was, you know, pushing the boundaries too much. And luckily I've been able to find people to work with that are very accepting of that. But I think it really starts with giving ourselves that permission first. And like I said, I'm not going to paint this idealistic picture of what this process may look like because it's not necessarily easy to advocate for yourself, especially when it contradicts the norm or the normal or kind of idealized version of what it means to be successful or the version that we put on a pedestal for what it means to be well educated or be in a certain type of career and what that looks like. So we're going to kind of use some computer languaging in the first little half of this um, episode. The design your character process, so the process of being able to play around with and be flexible about your character, that's more referring to kind of the software aspect of the system. So programs that you can install that tell the hardware what to do. And anytime I talk about design your character, I talk about the fact that we often think that certain ways of being and certain ways of seeing things are hardwired into our system when really it was a result of programming the way that we were raised that start to form these ways of being but that those are a lot more flexible or at least I believe they're a lot more flexible and fluid and changing than we think and of course you can uninstall and install new programs and new ways of being which is why 
design your character is so fun. It's about playing around with the boundaries of your character and seeing what's possible and available to you based on what you're experiencing and witnessing. Now, in this case, what we're talking about is more on the hardwire hardware excuse me side of things so the system that your programs are running on and how we can learn to design our lifestyles so that the system runs smoothly these are the aspects of our being that under the right conditions can help us move through life most efficiently so the problem is that quite often we're living in such a way again going back to there being pedestalized or idealized versions of the right way to be so quite often because of that we try to fit ourselves into that box and then we force our system to do things that it isn't really set up for which can ultimately slow us down exhaust us frustrate us or even lead to burnout and a good example of this is I have a couple of friends I was talking to a friend about this the other day who they're such bright energetic vibrant people and it's been kind of sad to see over time and I recognize that maybe I just got them on a few bad times but certain friends that I've seen the life force kind of just be sucked out of and every time I talk to them about their work or about their life it just feels like they've been beaten down and just fallen into this rhythm where they've accepted that they're going to be unsatisfied with a certain category of their lives so really this is about taking that power back reinvigorating ourselves with that energy and with that permission to be ourselves and set our character up for success so it can navigate the game a little bit more efficiently and when I say game what I'm referring to here is life or reality and to be able to honor your own unique way of being even to just give yourself permission to do that So the way I see it, there are two ways we can learn about ourselves, about our character, and about the system that it runs on. The first way I see is kind of a shortcut, but not necessarily the be-end, be-all and end-all. Is that the right phrase? Anyways, we're going to go with that. So the first way is meaning-making systems like looking at your natal chart in astrology or in human design. Now, I've said before that the only way I really lean into these meaning-making systems is to clarify something that I'm feeling, to confirm something, or to validate something. But I still really like to use discernment and not completely outsource my own intuition and my own inner knowing to an external system like that. And to be honest, quite often I'll read something in my natal chart or in my human design uh, that really doesn't resonate with me and I would never want to you know say well it says it in my natal chart so it must be that way if I'm intuitively feeling like it's different I want to use that as my basis so that brings us to the second way that we can learn about our system which I think is much more effective but of course may take longer because it's basically learning through life experiences and experimentation and also being able to kind of document the way that we're experiencing things. What do we feel good about? What makes us feel good? What makes us feel ease, satisfaction, pleasure? But on the other hand, what makes us feel frustrated and friction and tension? Now, it's not about completely neglecting and disregarding the value of discomfort and the value of being able to move through discomfort and, you know, 
that is a natural part of the process as well. But it's about looking at discomfort and frustration and tension and friction in a slightly different way to say, what is this telling me about how this could be easier or how this could be more effective? And this does require us interacting with certain systems. So for example, the way that I learned about my system and that I'm learning about my system is by a big way was by being in a situation that made me feel so uncomfortable that I was able to learn a lot about myself through it. To be a little bit more specific about what I mean by this, when I say sometimes interacting with certain systems can help us learn about ourselves and our own character and our own operating system. So for me, going through the educational system, going to university and learning about the things in that process that really didn't work well for me and how that could tell me how I could set myself up for success in my career and then being in a more corporate structured career setting and not being able to really thrive within certain aspects of that and allowing that to help me to learn more about myself and how I could set myself up to thrive. Now, again, I will say that this doesn't necessarily require you to go self-employed. Even when I was in my second job, my second corporate job, so I went from consulting and then I took some time off and then I went into a startup setting where I was an operations manager, I learned a lot about myself through consulting. And the next job that I got was kind of a step towards something that was a little bit more favorable to my way of being. So it was a remote job. It was a lot more flexible in terms of the hours. It was a smaller team. So I had a lot more say in the way that I could set up my day and in the way that I could move myself forward in the company. And then eventually learning through that, my path has been to become slowly transitioning into self-employed, but your path may look different. And it's all about that iteration of carrying forward what works and being able to iterate on what doesn't work. And we're going to get into it in a moment, but really these don't have to be big, massive changes. They can be small tweaks that can still help you to set yourself up to thrive in all sorts of different settings, whether that's work or relationships or your own personal life. What this process does require, which I feel isn't really emphasized at least from my perspective within our culture is to build trust with yourself and to listen to what your body is telling you and to trust that the repetitive feeling of friction and tension may be inviting you to open up to a different way of doing things and I also think this is something that we'll talk about that I struggle with is rushing things and self-discovery from my perspective shouldn't be rushed and it's this ever-evolving process that doesn't really have any end destination. I think sometimes you want to get to that point where we know everything about ourselves, we've learned everything there is to learn and we've set ourselves up to thrive but the reality is from my perspective that's always changing and we're interacting with our life and our environment to learn how to navigate life in a more easeful, pleasurable, and satisfying way. This can also be very empowering because you can learn how to be an advocate for yourself and for the way that you thrive. And a good example of this is, as I had mentioned, I went from a very structured 9 to 5 to a more flexible startup 
culture where I had a little bit more say in my schedule and how I set myself up. And something I noticed about myself as I was given a little bit more flexibility was I was able to experiment with different ways of working. And something I've always known and whether it was fully within my awareness or not, but something that's always been apparent to me is that I can get a lot done in a short period of time. That's actually something I was praised for at almost every single one of my jobs. But unfortunately, what would happen was I would get all of my work done and then I would feel like I was twiddling my thumbs. I would compare myself to other people who seem to be able to have that consistent flow of work throughout the day, whereas that just didn't seem how my energy and how my attention worked. So I would have conversations about my bo- with my boss, excuse me, at this more flexible job about how I could set myself up so that I wasn't, you know, suffering from a financial perspective because I was paid hourly. So if I get all my work done in let's say an hour, 2 hours, or even three, well, I still need to get paid for the full day. So what that would lead to me doing is just wasting my time for a good amount of the day and trying to stretch out tasks to take me a lot longer, which really wasn't how I felt I wanted to approach my work. So being able to advocate for myself and talk to my boss about different payment structures and perhaps something that was more deliverable-based rather than hourly, was something that really helped me to advocate for myself. And then, of course, I was able to translate that now into my work where that's pretty much the only way I'm getting paid as a freelancer and through brand partnerships, etc. So as I mentioned, of course, this can be a little bit more tricky and difficult to play around with. It's perhaps in some cases easier in some ways to just accept accept the status quo and you know go about it that way and that's perfectly fine but as we'll talk about in a moment that is not me and I think a lot of people are feeling this pull towards finding more harmonious ways of living both within themselves and collectively so of course this is going to be a useful episode for you if you find yourself in that boat. And something to consider here is that when we're doing this process alone, it may feel like it's really hard to navigate life in our own unique way because we can't do it the way someone else does it. So we don't feel like we can fit into the box that we're being asked to assign ourselves to. But when we reframe it, it's kind of that's kind of the point. We're designed to, from my perspective, fit together as part of a whole. So your strengths and mine may be different and our ways of being may be different, but when combined, we're that much more powerful. And you can think of, you know, back in school working on a group project, how harmonious those group projects are when you have people who have different but complementary skills and strengths. And that's what we're aiming for. Or on the other hand, you can think of when you had a group where two people had the kind of same interests and strengths and how that kind of actually created more conflict. So if you had two people who really wanted to be the leader or something like that. So this process is kind of like finding your perfect puzzle piece and honoring your unique way of being that allows you to fit perfectly into the bigger puzzle. So in the second half of this episode, what I want to talk about is basically different 
ways to structure your learning about your character, about yourself. So different questions that you can ask yourself and you can even start to write down kind of data that you've started to collect about yourself and kind of piecing things together and also bearing in mind that if you identify something about yourself, you're not stuck in this way of being if you start to advocate towards that and then you realize that perhaps that's not what you had initially thought you would thrive in and it really is about allowing yourself to experiment and play around with what you're feeling intuitively might be a more effective way for you to live. I'll give you a few categories that you can start to structure your thinking into and your reflection into but of course you can create your own and you can evolve this as you want and I'll also provide some personal examples. So we'll start very generally learning about how you express yourself, what brings you life, what brings you vitality and energy, what gives you purpose and direction. Now when I say purpose, I don't mean I derive purpose from being a teacher or you know a specific career because I think a lot of the time it's interesting that we associate purpose with economic output. So that's really not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about your unique way of being. So I'll give you an example of this. For me, I identify my most effective way of being as being someone who is allowed to experiment to try different things and to try and move on and evolve as quickly as I want and to basically pull my energy out of something and put it into something new as I please, as I desire. I am generally someone who likes to march to the beat of my own drum, if you will. I like to give myself lots of freedom to explore different ways of being. I don't really follow a consistent rhythm or structure and always find myself wanting to challenge the conventional when I feel it doesn't fit for me. And I can also think of this question, what gives me vitality and energy by thinking on the flip side, what drains me and quite often what drains me is feeling confined to a certain way of doing things just because that's the way they've been done even by me in the past I that quite often makes me feel very claustrophobic I don't like when I'm given only one or two options so for example I've talked before about how when I was employed and I was in a more structured nine to five, I felt that I was buying into this narrative that I basically had to choose between that very structured way of living or becoming an entrepreneur. But if I were to do that, I would be working 24 seven. So I really didn't like that. I wanted to challenge those narratives when they're presented to me in a very specific way. I like to expand beyond things that feel limiting to me and others. So that kind of helps you to understand generally. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. My the way that I'm navigating my life right now, what's giving me purpose, what's giving me direction. I move forward freely with the ability to evolve. And I find that the more I cling on to old ways of being, the more that I feel held back and I feel that momentum is slowed down. Now, another way of looking at this would be through your sun sign, potentially. That's quite often associated with your your way of being. I personally don't really resonate with that. With respect to my sun sign, I do in certain ways, but I don't identify with it as being like the primary thing about myself and how I thrive. For context, I'm a Virgo and that doesn't really speak to how I actually feel about myself. So I can fill that in and I will touch on how that actually informs my way of being, at least from where I stand in a moment. But those lessons that I've learned about myself don't really come from my natal chart. They're validated through human design and my manifesting generator type. But beyond that, not everything within my charts is reflected as such. And what I'm trying to get at here is that that's okay. So that's generally how I feel I move through life. That's how I feel I move forward and what gives me purpose and vitality and what makes me feel really good. The next thing I would start to explore is how you find grounding and balance. So as much as I enjoy this very fluid way of being, something else I've learned about my character is that she needs some structure in order to feel grounded. Otherwise, you know, I start to feel untethered in a way that is disorienting and I find it hard to get anything done. I'll just keep putting things off and avoiding them. So the structure that I set up in my life that grounds me and gives me balance can be very loose and flexible, but it's about finding that balance that I can move and flow within without feeling constricted or tied down. So I don't really structure my days or weeks at all. But I have tasks that I identify I want to get done within the days and weeks and I can choose based on my energy levels and any other number of things based on my priorities, etc. how and when I want to get those tasks completed. So for example, rather than just saying with this podcast, I'll record when and how often I want to record, which is probably how I would have initially set it up, I knew that I wanted to have 
a small amount of structure, so I aim to record once a week, and then I can choose how and when I want to do that. So I don't say you're going to record on Thursday, and then you're going to edit it, and you're going to put it out on Friday. I, well, I put it out every Friday, but besides that, I can record it whenever, and that allows me to be very flexible and, you know, have the freedom to choose when I feel ready to do it and not feel like I'm just taking a task off of a checkbox. I feel like I can come to it when I have purpose, but I still have that structure and that kind of accountability that helps me to feel grounded. And I learned this about myself actually kind of again through trial and error and by going to opposite extremes. So first I was in a very structured job as I had mentioned and then I wanted to throw that all out the window and I wanted complete freedom. Now of course freedom was important to me but what I began to realize was when I had zero structure whatsoever that again, made me feel overwhelmed. So that's how I learned was by going from one side of the spectrum to the other and saw that in order to feel grounded and balanced, I need to be somewhere closer to the middle. The next area that would be helpful to understand about your character is how you deal with and express emotions. So something I've learned about myself and my character is I desire closure when it comes to emotions, which means that if I'm in a conversation with someone that is emotionally charged, I like to tie it up. I like to have a conclusion. I like finality in those conversation conversations. Now, this has two implications. The first is when I'm in close relationships with people, I kind of need to explain this so that we're not kind of just disregarding difficult conversations and not really coming to a conclusion. The other way that it manifests, though, is that sometimes I want to rush to arrive to a conclusion so I can disregard my emotions or somebody else's emotions because I just want it to be tied up and I want to get back to my baseline. So that's something that's been helpful to learn about myself as well as not trying to be too solution-oriented in emotional conversations. So again, because I desire solutions and finality and closure and getting back to a baseline emotionally, I need to be aware of when someone's not really seeking that type of energy and when they're just wanting to feel heard and not feeling like I have to rush to a solution because that can be very invalidating to be on the receiving end of. I also like to fully explore my emotions and I tend to be quite in tune with them, but I do have to be mindful of sitting in an emotion for too long or drawing it out unnecessarily. Another thing is I find it hard to move forward when this kind of ties into the closure aspect, but I find it hard to move forward when a, a resolution hasn't been arrived to. So I actually learned this through conversations with my partner was sometimes when you're in a conversation with someone, they'll want to kind of just get back to normal. But for me, I need to, I can't do, you know, I can't fake it, if you will. I can't fake feeling good or I can't fake just going back to small talk if there hasn't been a resolution. So that's something that I learned through my partner and it's something that you know, I need to make clear, but also need to be careful of 
sometimes not needing to continuously draw out um, uh, emotional conversations because on the flip side of that other people also have needs and sometimes people need to take space in order to be available for those types of conversations and I need to be willing to regulate my nervous system so that I can allow them to take that space and then come back to the conversation and try to reach a point of neutrality. And then another thing about me is that I need to feel seen and heard in my emotions, at least at the very least by myself. So if I try to ignore my emotions or I'm not honest with myself or I try to bypass them, I feel like I'm abandoning myself and I find that I'm not able to process and move through them very quickly or efficiently. Now, if I acknowledge them, if I'm honest with myself, it doesn't require drawing them out. I can actually move through them quite quickly. And quite often how I'll do this is I'll just speak aloud or, as I said, write down how a certain situation is honestly making me feel without trying to protect my ego, without trying to bypass the emotion that I'm feeling. So for example, I don't know if I told this story, but a couple of weeks ago, I was interviewed by a major, major online publication. And this would have been probably huge for my career. They were interviewing me about the Design Your Character Notion template. And It's a type of publication that had my, when I was working, for example, in marketing, this was the one of the most desirable publications to be included in. And they reached out to me. I wasn't even aware that they, I was on their radar. I had an hour conversation, which I prepared for, for an hour beforehand. I was so excited. I told my friends and family. And then a couple of weeks later, the article was published and I wasn't in it. So they chose not to use anything that I had said. My initial feeling was to bypass that and to say, well, at least I got the opportunity and immediately try to rush to a reframe. And I also didn't want my friends and family who I had told to see me upset. I wanted, or, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to say something and then to be like, yeah, that didn't work out. But I actually was able to move through the disappointment I felt by just being honest with myself and others. And also, I was able to communicate with the person that I was in touch with that it was disappointing. And it's not for me to reserve that experience so that other people feel comfortable. You should know that you are making people feel a certain way by, first of all, not including what they had provided to you and don't get me wrong I understand but it's still disappointing and second of all I actually wasn't told I had to reach out and ask if I was going to be included there was no follow-up and that was really disappointing and I had to be very honest with myself and with others not to rush to this effort to reframe and just allow my disappointment and sadness about the situation to just be seen. Okay, the next area that we can reflect upon is how you complete tasks, how you get things done. So some questions to ask yourself are, do you like getting things done in chunks? Do you like getting things done all in one go? Do you like working alone or with a group? 
Do you set small goals to achieve? Do you have more of an attention to detail or do you prefer big picture thinking? Do you like to set shorter timelines or do you like longer, more drawn out timelines? So for me, something that I've noticed about myself that really helps me to thrive is taking big tasks and breaking them down into smaller steps and then I can check them off one by one whereas I find big projects and objectives overwhelm me to the point where I'll put them off and just procrastinate so breaking things down even things that aren't work related so things like cleaning the house or you know getting something done getting an appointment set this Breaking them down into micro steps helps me to experience the feeling of completion, which I find really helps me. So even if I have that completion of a really small task, like I said, I like that feeling of completion. So that helps me to keep the momentum going. Unsurprisingly, I really don't like repetitive tasks. So I enjoy inviting novelty into task completion so for example even if I'm cleaning my house or working I can invite novelty by listening to a different playlist or working in a different space I don't also like creating the same thing over and over and over again so because of that I don't like having a niche in anything that I do I like to allow myself to be flexible when it comes to the type of topics that I cover on social media and I find that anytime I feel confined into one repetitive way of doing things that I I become resentful of it but at the same time pulling in that structure theme this this can be useful to pull into this idea of finding a balance between too much novelty and a little bit of repetition and just finding that right balance. I tend to complete things best in shorter bursts of focus attention versus long stretches of focus. So work-wise, I prefer a shorter day, but one where I'm basically just pumping out work and then being done so I can move on with my day. I do have a tendency to speed through things and I can be very, very efficient even when I move fast, but I also really do care about attention to detail and I won't feel satisfied if I consciously know I skipped something or didn't do something I had intended to do. And then what I've noticed is it will weigh on me if something isn't done in the way I want it to be and then I'll kind of want to ignore it and avoid it, but it'll kind of weigh on me because I know that I skipped something. So I can start things very quickly and get things done very quickly, but it's important for me to build timelines for myself to incorporate reviewing things, revising things, going back and checking my work, which is something that I quite often don't like doing. But again, I won't feel satisfied if I don't do that. So I like to really have that attention to detail and make sure that I'm looking over things because I do move quite quickly and I can make mistakes when I don't double check. This one is probably universal but I really don't like doing things that I know are useless or not going to be effective so even in my business I set things up in such a way where I constantly am assessing what is actually making an impact and what isn't and I will put things on a back burner or at least deprioritize things that I I'm aware are not creating as much of an impact or are even kind of just busy work. I also, when it comes to task completion and getting things done, I like, when it comes to work, I would say, I don't like distraction. I like quiet 
and I like creating a nice sensory experience. So I like having a bright space to work in, some nice lighting, usually warm light, and a nice smell. So if I have a diffuser on, I find that that really helps me to get into that flow state. The next category for learning about your character and setting them up for success is how your character communicates best. Do you, in communication with others, do you need to wait for strong emotions to pass or do you communicate best when you're at your peak of emotional intensity? Can you clearly communicate in those moments? Do you need to consider things from different angles when you're communicating? Do you need to take time to attend to your own needs before you go into a communication or even a conflict with someone? For me, when I have a big emotional charge, I tend not to be as effective in my communication and oftentimes the conversation can become unnecessarily heated and sometimes I'll regret what I've said. So I've learned to attend to my emotions and my nervous system first and then get to a point of, again, neutrality and have the conversation from there. A good example of this that I learned with my old boss, he and I learned how to communicate very effectively, but when we first started having kind of heated conversations, it would become quite volatile because we were both at our peak of emotion. So we were both feeling, for example, stressed when we would have a conversation or annoyed with the other person, for example. What we learned through each other was that we both were a lot more effective if we waited until the emotional wave had passed of course where possible and it actually really helped our relationship as well so we agreed between the two of us not to write emails or take meetings or send messages when we were emotionally charged because what we'd notice is it would just be unnecessarily kind of I guess activating to the person on the other end, which ultimately didn't set us up for a good communication. And I also do this with social media, or I try to. I don't respond to comments or criticism when I have that initial emotional wave. So if I receive a negative comment, I need to wait until that has kind of neutralized until I respond. The next category to reflect upon is how you best take in information and learn. Do you like short bursts of information? Do you like longer form? Do you like audio, video, written? There's a lot of shaming right now happening towards, well, from what I've noticed, towards people with shorter attention spans. But I think from my perspective now, we're just catering more to those people. They already may have had a shorter attention span to begin with and aren't really designed perhaps to sustain long attention. And now with certain forms of social media, I think that it's catering to that type of person a little bit better. Now, I'm not arguing that they haven't also had negative implications, things like social media, on our attention spans but also I see things as writing shorter emails, writing shorter captions, making shorter videos, making things easily digestible. I don't necessarily see that as a negative thing. I think it is more inclusive of people with shorter attention spans who prefer that type of communication and who take in information best that way. I used to, when I first started social media, try to make things really long form and write long captions and write long emails and all the rest because that's what I felt I was supposed to do. I realized I don't like taking in information that way and I won't 
I won't keep reading if that's the way it is. So that's now how I cater my content is to be shorter form because that's what I like. I like text that has space in between it versus big walls and chunks of text. I don't like reading long emails, so I keep mine super brief. And again, this way of communicating may not cater to everyone, specifically people who prefer longer form content, but it caters to people like me and there's value in that and I'm not trying to cater to everyone, so that's okay. The next one is what are your values and how those drive you forward. Learning about that obviously can be really helpful and can help you to structure your character around that. And of course, we have that exercise in the Design Your Character Notion template. Also, I always say this, I think that we're not really taught to learn about our own values. We're taught to assign or excuse me align ourselves to the values that are held collectively or of our parents etc so this process can take some time there is an exercise also in the manifestation clarity quiz that can help you to move through this a little bit it might take going through a couple of times but from my perspective there are four things that have shown up again and again that's freedom comfort slash security family and adventure fun pleasure kind of falling into one category so learning about these values have helped me to kind of structure my life a little bit more around those values and expand into those values in that I build my career in alignment with my core value of family so that I'm able to spend time with family and I'm able to take long stretches of time off to be with my family. So that's just an example about how learning about your core values can help set up your reality, set up your character to be driven by those values as opposed to being driven by things that are perhaps supposed to matter to you but really don't. The last one is, and there are probably many more categories that you could explore for yourself, but just to keep this brief, we're going to discuss how you are designed to grow, expand, and evolve. So do you grow and expand by watching and witnessing other people's experiences? Do you grow and expand by yourself hitting a rock bottom, for instance? Now, a lot of people will say that this is the only way that you can expand is by hitting rock bottom. However, that's not my experience and I also feel like if the only way that we can evolve is to go to our absolute lowest, I don't think that that is a very that's not ideal in my opinion. So I'm not that's not how I operate. I would find myself growing and expanding the most through pattern interruption. So witnessing the same pattern of behavior over and over and over again until I can detect a pattern and then begin to shift it. So again, I don't resonate with needing to hit a rock bottom. Some people do. For me, it's about recognizing a pattern, feeling the tension of the pattern that's not working, identifying a new way of being, and then shifting into a new way of being. So that's very aligned with the design your character process is becoming aware of something within your being, within your character that is bringing you frustration or tension or resentment setting and establishing a vision for a new way of being that is free of this tension and then shifting into that new way of being and clearing away any resistance to that new way of being. Again, being able to withdraw my energy and my attention away from an old pattern 
by setting boundaries, by saying no, by being clear and not wishy-washy, by being clear about the direction that I'm moving in. And then I insert my energy into a new pattern in order to grow, evolve, and expand into it. So I know that can be kind of abstract. I have used the example before about patterning that I witnessed showing up in my relationships in that I was quite often finding myself in a similar type of relationship, feeling really badly about the relationships that I was kind of in and attracting, if you will, and then becoming aware of this pattern, noticing how it had been showing up since I could remember, identifying and establishing a new vision for myself, and then not allowing myself to say yes to anything that represented a part of this old pattern. I also spoke in a previous episode about how I'm doing the exact same thing with my relationship with money, basically breaking up with my previous relationship with money, pattern interrupting, and establishing a new dynamic that is actually one that is what I want to experience. So that's kind of how I find I expand and grow is to become aware again of a pattern to interrupt it and to shift into a new way of being okay so that brings us to the end of this episode i want to reiterate that the experience of learning about your character learning about your hardware and your operating system and learning to validate the way that you are and the way that you thrive is a very empowering practice because you can find the ways of being that are going to set you up to navigate the world and life and reality more efficiently. I will be honest in saying that this isn't always the easiest because sometimes that can be met with resistance from others or people won't understand why you're not conforming to something that you used to, but ultimately slowly being able to move into a reality where we are living more and more in harmony with our natural state of being, recognizing that our natural state of being is not only the right way to be, but it's also necessary to fit into the bigger puzzle And then being able to explore that in whichever way you feel called, whether that's through a meaning-making system or through your life experiences, which can help you to identify some of the ways that you thrive. So I hope that this episode was helpful. As always, thank you so much for listening and being here. If you're interested at all in any of the topics that we discuss here They're discussed in more detail and as well as other topics and resources in the Patreon. So that's my invitation to you if you feel called. But for this week, I will leave it at that and I will see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.